In Dick of the Week, we talk about dirty stuff and use dirty language. We're rated M for mature. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Dick of the Week. Dick of the Week. Dick of the Week. Dick. 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 Dick of the Week. Dick. Dick of the Week. Dick of the Week. Dick of the Week. Dick. Dick of the Week. Give me that D, yo. Hello. Hi. And welcome to this week's episode of Dick of the Week. Welcome. <laughs> uh, in case this is your first time joining us, uh, we are a podcast where we talk about everything we love and sometimes hate about the romance genre. Mm-hmm. And I am your host, Liz. And I'm your host, Stephanie. And yeah. Yeah, we're, we're doing it. We're doing a daytime recording, which always feels funny. It does. I... It was the only way that this week could happen. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh Lord, it's been. It's just been. Uh, I. I mean, we're getting better at this. We didn't go yeah. another month without recording one. So go on. I figure. I figure it being a little late is better than not happening. Exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> that's. I mean, that's what was happening. <laughs> was yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah, we we we've been pretty much keeping to the schedule. Yeah. Now been, I've been. I'm pretty pleased with it. Yeah. This uh this recording software is definitely very helpful for that. Yeah, we've been using Zencaster, which is great because I just email Stephanie a link and she plugs in her mic and we're good to go. It's great. It's really great. I feel like sure. I just did an ad for Zencaster. Right? Hey, give us money. <laughs> right? But I mean it's it's been it's it's great. I Yeah, it's I, been I was worried a little bit cuz I was like, "Oh god, I hope this isn't a whole involved thing," but it really is just I just click a link and it, I'm in it so that's nice yep and it's practically that easy on my side anyway have you read anything good yes so I found this series by Missy Johnson called the awkward love series Ooh, I like that name yeah and so uh the first book is a uh oops I'm banging my dad's best friend and our neighbor and then like the next book is uh <laughs> what's the age difference uh like 17 years her dad had her when she he was like a teenager okay um it's still i mean it it that one i of this so all of the the reason it's the awkward love series is because they meet in awkward ways so this one she used to baby he's a he's a widower okay uh, but she used to babysit his kids for the, I re, i've read i'm on the fourth one and oh wow week. that's how much i like it <laughs> they're also they're also really fast reads like it's not anything serious sure uh, but the first one's called it's complicated and so she used to babysit for them when she was a teenager um and now she's 22 and graduating college and um but she's like lived with her dad alone her whole life and it's kind of that classic uh mature younger woman because she lived with like a a bachelor who you know never had a serious girlfriend and also never was serious when it came to anything and so oh sorry um her next door neighbor has two kids and is a widower his wife died a couple years ago and um she never really thought about him that way uh like she was knew he's like attractive but like obviously she like liked his wife and like almost like was like a member of the family um but things start changing and from her bedroom window you can she could see into his bedroom (laughs) And, oh shit. And that's how that goes. <laughs> um, and so obviously it does not go over well with her dad and it's a problem. The second one is called I Can Explain. And that one is a uh is this the boss one? I think it's a CEO. Come on, computer. I just every time I uh, I feel like I need to take notes on the books I'm reading. I'm go- you know what for next time I'm taking notes because I cannot rely on internet connections clearly. Um, so this one is, uh, it's her boss. Oh my gosh. Why can't I not stop yawning? This is awful. I've got, I've got a cold air vent blowing on me. And for some reason it's like, it's like making me yawn a lot. Okay. Um, but yeah, so her (laughs) boss, it's like awful. I hate it. Um, so it's, it's her boss and it's, she's one of his PA's assistants. So she's like an assistant to the assistant. (laughs) Uh, and she, but she just graduated with her degree in business and her MBA and wants to be taken more seriously. Like she only took this job to get into the company. She doesn't want to be a PA. Um, so it's her boss's, her boss's boss. And um, she thinks he's hot, but she also thinks he's an asshole. 
and he overhears her saying like that she would she would give him a blowjob or something or talking to one of her coworkers about how she should she would blow him but he's so terrible and all that stuff um and that he should get the stick out of his ass and so he sends her kind of on a wild goose chase for some clothes that had already gotten picked up from a cleaner and so from there they don't have a great relationship uh but then she is she decides to finally sleep with her fitness instructor and you think how is this related well the fitness instructor's wife who she didn't know about shows up and he pushes her out into the balcony to hide from his wife and so she decides to jump to the the neighboring balcony because she's like i would rather deal with a stranger she's also in her underwear by the way so she's like i'd rather deal with a stranger in my underwear than deal with his his wife right so guess who lives next door our Uh boss (laughs) and so that's the kind of the beginning of that uh the next one's called too much information and so this woman, she's a doctor, and she bought this little, like, vibrator sex toy that was not supposed to be inserted, but she definitely inserted it. Um, and so she goes to – she she's starting a new job in a hospital that's right by her house, so she has her friend drive her half an hour away to a different hospital so she doesn't see, like, any future coworkers. Oh, my God. Um, and the guy, <laughs> the doctor who helps her out, is obviously a total hunk. Um, and she's, like, mortified. And he's kind of – he's kind of, like – he's being professional – uh, but she just can't shake how like awkward it is. It, is the toy on? Yes. So it's been, like vibrating in her. Yeah. So she can't stop climaxing. And that's like the ah! whole and <laughs> she's like in pain and like it's and so there's like this part of her that's like, don't let this guy help you. But it's also like, please let this guy help you. You can't continue on like this. So he helps her. And then like two weeks later, she uh Oh my god. She goes to um, a dinner at her brother's house and uh, guess who's there? <laughs> and guess guess who's staying with her brother? <laughs> so what's this the doctor. connection with the brother? Uh, they went to college together, the doctor. <laughs> and then come to find out this doctor is also getting a new job at the same hospital. That she's yeah, I figured that with. was going to be yeah. part of the twist. Yeah. And then he, uh, the, brother, the brother's wife is uh, pregnant. So he was only staying with her brother until he found a place and, you know, switched jobs and everything. Uh, but the brother's wife is pregnant and she's British and her parents are coming over from, uh, England for the, the birth. And so they moved up their, their, their date for coming over. So he ends up staying with his sister. Gotcha. Uh, so now they're, it's a roommate. It's a whole, it's a whole clusterfuck of tropes. And the fourth one is a professor and his student. Uh, but the, the student's 27. <laughs> she's the best friend from the third book. Okay. Um, who you like totally adore in the third book so you're like super excited to see her in the fourth and so she's hilarious and then she goes to her she planned her best friend's bachelor party at the strip club and her professor ends up being her best friend's cousin and um so he sees her uh get a give a lap dance to a stripper and <laughs> it's just really great and it's oh awkward God. and so i'm halfway through that one um and then there's there's seven of them total I'm going to have to get into this. And they're, they're super fun. And it's not that it's not that humor that's, like, not funny. Like, I actually was, like, chuckling while reading it. Which is, like, you know me. I don't usually find humor in romance novels too funny. Like, yeah. It might be, like, in my brain, like, oh, that's cute. But, like, this is, like, I'm actually, like, in bed kind of, like, chuckling to myself. Like, <laughs> while you're while you're reading out this woman having continuous orgasms while she's mortified, it's, like, <laughs> you can't not, like, kind of, like, laugh at it. Um yeah, so it, they're good. Uh, that's been my main focus. I've also still been su- uh, any any ninety nine cent box a series I can find. I'm like, okay, I'll take it. Uh, so <laughs> I've got. I'll have more information later on those. Awesome. <laughs> what have you been reading? Uh, I just finished a book called Love Wrecked by. Uh, Karina Hale, Holly. Hey, I never know how to pronounce her last name. H A L L E. Um, and it was cute. Like there was parts of it. Like this was two books in a row where I feel like the main woman, her relationship with her family, especially sibling, just feels so forcefully like forced, unpleasant, like. Mm-hmm. I understand that people have bad relationships with their siblings and that happens, but I feel like the way that I've read in two books in a row now, 
of how they like actually talk to each other as grownups. I'm like, I don't believe it. <laughs> uh-huh. um, maybe that's maybe, you know, maybe so, um, uh, sibling rivalry rivalries uh, bring out the child in you. I don't know. Um, I guess that's possible. But besides that aspect where it just sucked because the sister and her ended up having a big role in this book because she lives in California. The sister is in New Zealand getting married. So she travels to New Zealand um, to be in the wedding. They hadn't seen each other in five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's the younger sister. The one getting married is the older one. And they just don't really have much of a relationship. And like she feels like the older sister got all the love and the attention from the parents. Cause they, I mean, they were harder on her and they kind of let the younger sister, the main character just get away with anything. Uh-huh. So, but she took that to be like, well, they cared about her more than me. Like they just let gotcha. me do whatever and did pay attention to me ever. Whereas the older sister was like, everything was just so easy for you and everything's handed to you. And you just, everything just falls into your lap and you're just happy all the time. Right. And so they just are at each other's throat about that. So then um, they're supposed to be taking a boat for their honeymoon from uh, New Zealand to Fiji. And the boat that they're supposed to be using isn't available. So the best man, he owns like a charter, a boat chartering company and is also a pilot or a captain. So he's like, you know what? I don't have any other boats available to use, but we can use my personal boat and I will charter. Like I will pilot whatever captain you over to Fiji in the boat um and they're like great and for some reason the sister's like I'll only agree to this if my sister said she'll go too because she really didn't want to do this and Mm -hmm. she thought her sister wouldn't say yes and her sister's like okay I have nothing to do oh no (laughs) because she had just lost um she and her boyfriend had just broken up and she had just lost her job so she's like I really got nothing going on right now I'll come so it's like a 10 or 11 day voyage from New Zealand to Fiji by boat. And it like, and, and, and you know, things are rocky, but get are start going fine. And then like day nine or 10, a big giant storm happens and they get uh, shipwrecked onto this other little tiny Island and are stuck there for a few weeks. And of course fall in love and everything's wonderful. And they reference Lost a lot, which is funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which I mean, like, I guess if you're going to be stuck on an island, you're probably going right, to Lost and you're probably going to reference uh, Castaway, both of which were referenced. In, oh, and they referenced uh, Gilligan's Island, too. Um, but it was cute. I liked it. It was a pretty fast read. Um, a couple... She, this author, I feel like goes back and forth between kind of doing like light and happy rom-coms and also kind of like darker, grittier, emotional reads. And so I don't always know what I'm going to get if I'm not paying attention specifically, if I just see she has a new book and I click on it. So it was a, I think it was a good quarantine, you know, light read because I can't really do heavy romance right now. Mm-hmm. That's, that's totally fair. And then I also read a book called The Brainy Bartender, and I but I read that specifically uh, for a podcast that I was on yesterday, today's Wednesday, two days ago, Monday, I recorded uh, a podcast for my friend's podcast called um, Comparing Apples to Oranges. So we were, the theme was bar, and it, he read his first ever romance novel, which was The Brainy Bartender, and then we also read uh, watched um, Roadhouse, and we compared how the bar setting is used in the romance novel versus the movie. So that was fun. And that, that episode will be out August 15th. I think I'll post it about it whenever that happens, but it was, the book was whatever. (laughs) I felt bad. Like, you know, someone's like, Oh yeah, I've never read a romance novel. Let's read one together and talk about it. Like I want it to be a good one, (laughs) but whatever it was, it was fine. And, oh, I started listening to uh, Virgin River by Robin Char since that had, or Carr, I think Robin Carr, um, since that has that Netflix television show, um, I thought it'd be worth listening to it because I have um, 
the audible romance package thing and it was available to listen to so that's been that's fun. nice i like i like when they um i like that i don't know if it's quarantine related but i feel like a lot of these like uh audibles and like amazon i think they're really like catering to people reading and needing an escape <laughs> i guess authors totally. are probably the ones doing it which is nice uh not saying that you should have to sell your stuff for cheaper but it has been nice to be able to like consume things that aren't necessarily just indie and on kindle unlimited uh yeah because normally that's where i stay since i pay the you know the 9.99 a month or whatever it is for unlimited it's like why would i pay for other things but yeah the quality of those books isn't always that's why it's like i'm i'm in like two different kindle unlimited reader groups mm-hmm. and it's like and they're they're typically run by kindle unlimited authors and they tend to right. be i feel like the same names that everyone's like oh like who do you read that's on kindle unlimited that you like it's like oh these five people or oh these people so it's kind of almost insensual that it's like incestuous that it's like oh well no wonder i'm not finding any other authors to read because people keep just recommending these people right but it's fine yeah i feel like there's definitely if you can get in with the um if you can get in with like the i don't know what the in those groups there's always like five or six authors that are like hyped the most but i yeah. also feel like within their romance and specifically kind of limited romance writers there are really like 10 or 15 that are like the most they get the most ads like they're in my face the most like oh. on on like instagram and on like facebook like they're the ones that i yeah. see the most like there's the same 10 that i see all of the time yeah that's what i meant to say like they get the i'd most love ads. i would love to know how much uh ad ad money they spend versus like is it just i don't right. know I'm just curious how that. Well, because it looks like a Kindle specific ad, like it's from Kindle. Yeah. Unlimited, so it's like, so are they choosing the authors, or are they buying their ads through Kindle? I guess you can buy the ads through Kindle, can't you? And then, like, I don't know. I mean, I think. Do you mostly read on your phone, or do you read like on an actual Kindle? I read on my phone. So, like, on my actual Kindle, when it's on its like save screen, it's ads for other books, and half the time they are romance novels, and a lot of times they are KU books. So I'm like, how the fuck do you get that space? I don't know. That's it's all, all the questions. All the questions. <laughs> I'm assuming that they probably pimp out their most popular. Yeah, and keep to keep the money rolling. Probably. I recently have been. I guess this is kind of an aside before we get into what our topic is for the day. But I was kind of like diving into just a lot of those authors that I'm suggested. A lot of them have Patreon pages, and I've been checking those out. And the mm. range for those people on Patreon, they're making like between six hundred to like a thousand dollars on average, from what I can see a month. And what type of things are they offering for their patrons? One of the one of the authors I follow, she has books on Amazon, but she shares some of them on uh, Wattpad. But she makes about a thousand dollars a month on Patreon or more. She actually took how much she makes off of there. But I've seen her her Patreon number going up, so she, I'm assuming she's making more than a thousand now. Uh, but she offers all of the early chapters, and it's all so anything you read on Patreon is her rough draft. Gotcha. And then she takes it, edits it, and puts it on Amazon Unlimited, which means I don't. It sounds like it sounds like she hasn't really started utilizing Unlimited too much because she's gonna have to start taking stuff off Patreon if she puts it on Unlimited because you know they're exclusive. You know, you have to have exclusive whatever so i don't know if she's actually gonna go that route i honestly think i don't know if she would need to to be honest she could probably just rock the 399 indie book thing i don't know i i don't know the numbers and all that but uh so she does that and then another one i saw was she just does like a monthly um from her books that are published and i don't know if she's i didn't dive hard enough into her but it looks like she's on unlimited but of the couples in those books she'll do like one-offs once a month and she lets like the patreons vote on which couple they want to see so like it's just like really fun to see like the extra perks they've thrown into them um but that's looking more and more like you're not gonna make like you're probably not gonna make a bunch of money like you're not gonna be in kj emerson making six thousand a month off of her patreon i think that was at the height of her patreon i think now she's on like four thousand because people are like you make enough money off of uh <laughs> your sales and uh she's about to have like a netflix series or something but um like you're not gonna make like a whole bunch of money off of it but it does look like you can make like a nice little supplemental 
Like even yeah. one of the smaller writers I know on Wattpad, she makes like two hundred bucks a month off of it. And I'm like, that's I mean, she's gonna write anyway, so like, why not? Right. And, you know, and I think it depends like how much extra work. If it's stuff right. that she's already working on, then that's fantastic. If it's yeah. like, oh, I then have to put in x amount of hours to create this extra content and be like eh, i don't know if 200 would... but like that's nothing to sneeze at by any means and... no yeah if you're not if you're not doing extra work why not and like the thing is if you've created this fan base that's willing to like give you two bucks a month yeah to like be able to read your chapters early why not it's been interesting just to like to see what other writers are doing right now to like diversify their income so i know that's been interesting but yeah the, because i've been reading all of these kind of random and seeing all these i see these ads and i'll bookmark the ad and i'll go look and see if i actually want to read the series uh from unlimited it's it's led me down this hole of me like googling the author and like looking at how else they're handling their business so yeah for sure that's amazing it's been a fun little have i made any notes no so that's why i don't have any of this so i I do all this like market research without any kind of like formal note taking which is very (laughs) stupid but it's been interesting and it's made me feel like I just need to figure out which path I want to take, which I, I think I say that on this fucking podcast, like every other every, month, like yeah. every other month, I'm like, I just need to figure out which way I want to do this, which is still true. But I think now I've even gotten more options. I don't know if it's made it easier or harder or made me feel like le- more like it doesn't really fucking matter. Just do something. So, well, it's like, um, there was a whole chat going on in the Facebook group we're in where people were talking about like the cost for indie stuff and, I mean, yeah, there's ways to to produce a book cheaply, but then it's like, but if you want it to be good quality, like you're looking at a chunk of money to to front and then hope that you make that back plus a lot more. And it's just, mm-hmm. <sighs> oh yeah, no, that's, and that's, and that's like, I understand like all the importance of the editor and everything like that, but there is like a point where it's like this, there is gatekeeping as far as like financials go. Right. As So I can see why a lot of these authors are trying to make money at the front of it before they have to get editors and stuff. Yeah. Which I think is why Webhead can be wielded like a tool uh, to build a fan base that will then maybe give you money before you even start editing so that you can yeah. edit. Um because that's always been my goal is like if I can make any money off of rough drafts first, then I can pay for all the things I need to get done. So I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that that thread was like because <laughs> there's no there's no way around it. It just like is what it is. So and it's that's the that's the tough part is like there's not there isn't a shortcut to that. You know? Like, no, and it's one thing like, you know, if you happen to have a skill of like, I'm happy making my own covers. Then at least right. that's one cost less kind of thing. But, like, fuck, I don't... Like, yeah. I can do the most basic shit, but I don't think I'd make be able to make a, co- a cover that I'm comfortable enough showing to the world. <laughs> yeah. I think... Yeah, that I, I've got friends that have, like, learned how to do, like, cover making for that purpose. Because it yeah. saves them, like, five or six hundred dollars on a nice, nice, nice cover. A couple hundred if you want a cover that's just kind of basic. Right. Because covers do matter. They can't be too bad. No, that definitely matters. Because I feel like, you know, it's the first thing people see. And so if it is, if it does look, if it looks like you t- you spent like 20 minutes putting this shit together and you don't care about it, I'm going to be like, did you care about what you wrote at all? <laughs> like, did you spend time fixing that? And I feel like, you know, whether that's fair or not, there is a correlation. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll get into our topic. Sounds good. 1,026 years ago, superstition and the sword ruled. It was a time of fear, a time of gargoyles. Uh, Liz, what are you doing? Oh, hey there, Daniel. Uh, I didn't see you. Um, I'm just watching Gargoyles. The mid-90s Disney cartoon? Yeah. And do you always yell along with Goliath? Do you not? Fair point. So, did you maybe want to watch with me? Oh, and then make a podcast about it? Hells yeah! Yes, I'm so into it! We are Defenders of the Night! The most trusted source for top-to-bottom coverage of everyone's favorite mid-90s animated program, Gargoyles! Find us at CalamityCast.com or your favorite podcatcher. Rawr! 
<laughs> and we are back. Yes. What a good ad. <laughs> uh, as always, since we were talking about Patreon, I'm going to go ahead and mention the Calamity Cast Patreon. If you like what we do and want to keep supporting Dick of the Week, Love and Lust, Space America, and all the other shows that are in the Calamity Cast world, um, go to patreon.com slash calamitycast and throw us a couple bucks. We are in the process of revamping what that means and what you'll get for everything, but you know. Might as well give us a dollar or two a month and keep us going. So, yeah. Anyway, um, today, uh, so today we're not really going to talk about romance novels so much. We're kind of setting ourselves up for like a second part of this. But today yeah. we're going to talk about uh, like dating reality shows. Yeah, and romance and reality TV. Yeah. yeah. And how real is that? <laughs> uh, so I, the most recent one that I've dived into is the Indian matchmaker on Netflix. <gasps> how is that? Oh my God. Half the people are insufferable and I hope they never find love. Like really? it's, I don't think I've ever watched a dating reality show where I'm like more like off put. Like even when I, I watched 90 day fiance, all of the versions of it that you can imagine. There's like eight of them. Yeah, um, I'm and, currently in the middle of 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. Yeah, so um, I wa—I mean, I watch all those shows, and these people even take the cake from those people. Damn. Like, there's one woman, I'm just like, there's no, I know why you're single. Like, I see it. You're not nice. <laughs> it's just, like, there's one thing when people are just, like, kind of flawed. Like, when you watch The Bachelor, a lot of times it's a bunch of nice, like, yeah, The Bachelor, because The Bachelorette, most of those guys suck. But The Bachelor, yeah. a lot of those women are just, like, nice women who, like, you're like, oh, you got this annoying trait. You know, like, there's only ever a couple that you're like, oh, that's a that's a person I would never want to meet. Um, but, like, this show, there's, like, there's like one woman who I'm like, I, I'm like, oh, come on, find her love. Or I guess there's two now. I'm not all the way done. Um, but, like, ah, oh, this one woman on the show, I'm just like, you can't, do you not hear the narcissism? I don't know. Um, so... <laughs> But it's it's funny because, you know, obviously all these shows are scripted. Like, I don't think there's a single one that's, like, not scripted on some level. Or, like... Yeah. Uh, or at least the producers spend a lot of time getting things to go the way they want. Exactly. Um, so, uh, just watching it, you can kind of see where, like, maybe this has been... This has been jacked up for, like, drama's sake or whatever. But like, I feel like Netflix has really gotten, like, their foot on this yes on the pedal of uh let's have as many dating other shows as we can like that whole um oh love it's it not love, or, it's, it's not love at first sight because that's a, that's the like a nbc show but it's, love uh, is what, blind love is blind holy moly what a train wreck that was loved i it. loved it i loved, loved every it second so of much. it uh for those of you who aren't aware love of love is blind um they had these people like in this house or whatever, like the girls saw each other and the boys saw each other um, or the men and the women, uh, but they didn't get to see members of the opposite sex. So this is a, I mean, most of these shows are for heterosexuals, um, but they have dates where it's like Stephanie would be in one room. And if I were a dude, I was in the other room and we would talk through a wall but we never saw each other, but we could just sit there and talk with each other and get mm -hmm. to know each other and fall in love with each other's personalities and all that. Uh, and then they get engaged while they still haven't seen each other. And then they finally get to meet and then they're sent to like a resort somewhere where they all are around each other and see each other. So you can be like, ah, oh, shit, like I enjoyed flirting with that guy and he's so hot. And, but now I'm engaged to this guy. <laughs> right and uh it was a bonker show and then it yeah, ended one, with that one it, woman was so terrible oh my god was her was her name jessica jessica she was a she, fucking train wreck you please she, watch it oh my god she was like what 33 34 and the guy yeah. who was dating she was dating was 24 and she just kept going on and on about those 10 years and like i am 10 years older than you and he's well, like be, it was okay very when they finally all met face to face, it became very apparent she was not attracted to him physically. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and she was very attracted to the other man who she was kind of like torn between, who she like cut off because he couldn't decide. Yeah. And like, I guess he cut her off too. It was like a mutual cut. But when she finally saw him, she was so disappointed. Yeah. And like, instead of just saying that, which I think is like obviously the adult thing to do, she didn't. Uh, she just like dragged him along until the very end. Yeah. Like, I feel like by the time they got to the, the wedding ceremony, everyone should have known how it was going to go. There shouldn't have been surprises. Oh, and the the reunion. Oh, my God. What a mess that was. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that was my – that's been my most recent new favorite um, of all the all the re- re- shows. Because, oh, obviously – I – oh, sorry. Which, no, go ahead. I uh, – before I started watching um, – uh, 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days and that's because my friend Aaron was like you need to fucking watch this show it's amazing and horrible uh, so it's been fun because as I'm watching it she's like a season ahead of me on that show so as I'm watching I'm like messaging her being like what the fuck is with Jesse and Darcy I hate them yeah <laughs> um oh god what an abusive relationship but um just like and one after the other yeah like oh my god and they were like ganging up on her together like what the hell so, um, but before that, I was watching on Netflix, um, The Single Wives. Have you heard of that one? I, after you told me about it, I have put it on my list to watch. Yeah. So this is about, I'm just listening to your cat. <laughs> oh, can you, hear, can you hear Thomas? He's trying, Jordan's in the bedroom because I'm recording out in the living room. And so, uh, I'm assuming George's playing on a meeting and. He hears the voices and is like, let me in. <laughs> anyway, the, only, the only bad thing about not having a bedroom anymore to record in is this. Mm-hmm. So in um, The Single Wives, it takes place in Australia and it's four women who have either been divorced or widowed. They're, well, three of them have been divorced, one's widowed, and they're ready to find love again. And so this like dating expert guy teaches them like how to talk to people, how to flirt, how to like read cues and things like that. And like, he like, he watches what they're doing and then he'll like, (laughs) be like, all right, you just had this date. Let's watch back together. And I'll tell you what you're doing right. And what you really should stop doing. I hate it. Yeah. (laughs) It's so good. Um, Could you imagine having real time feedback on how bad you are dating after (laughs) After getting a divorce or whatever. Oh, my God. Yeah. Kill me. (laughs) If I ever get divorced, it's over. I'm never doing anything again. Someone's going to have to walk up to my front door and be like, would you like to date me? And I would be like, probably not. I would still say no. Because (laughs) the idea of it is awful. Yeah. Those Uh, poor women. I like how how, we're going to do a show about uh, dating reality shows. We're like, let's just list all the shows we liked and... Uh, why we liked them (laughs) but here's the thing okay so i think one of the reasons that these shows are so popular is very similar to the reason why romance novels are popular like you get a hint of reality but you know it's not actual reality but like prettied up it's like a prettied up reality yeah and like you're hoping at the very least that it will end in a happy ever after even if that happy ever after is literally just for the tv show and like you know a a month later they break up it's like oh my god they're finding love and like you get so sucked into it on the flip side you're also like so invested if things are going badly like you're cheering for people oh you're rooting dude against people like i yeah you get so, real fucking sucked in you get did you watch did you watch labor of love yet it's on hulu what's that one this woman is 41 and wants to have a baby oh, and shit. so the whole sh- the whole show which i kind of loved that like that approach to it that like oh no she just like wants to find a possible partner to have a baby with and like that's because otherwise she'll do it by herself. Like that was the premise. So she, at the end of it, she could have chosen no one. That was always on the table. She could just choose no one. Okay. So um, at the start of the show, I was like, "This is great," but by the end, her choices were so like typical dating reality show versus like you're actually because for me, I was like, "Oh, she wants something serious." So clearly, this is like going to be geared toward you know. And no, they treated it just like a regular reality show, which is why I think the person she she chose, they're not together anymore. They lasted like a few months and that was like it. Uh, but she got rid of like the best guys. And then the final two was a guy who she sh- should never have made it to the final two and the guy she should have probably picked. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't pick the right guy, obviously. But like, yeah, got so invested. Me and uh, the I'm on an improv team called Girl Gang, and like, I think four, three or four of us out of the six were all watching it at the same time. And so on Fridays when it would be up on Hulu, we'd all be messaging each other like, "Oh my god, how dare she treat Gary this way?" And like, we're like just like going hard. <laughs> And I think I usually don't get that invested. Well, that's not true. I get invested in everything. Like Love Island, I get so upset when I, ugh, Love Island can like wreck my life. If I like, if I like one of the people in the show, I'm, I'm like over. But like this show specifically pissed me off because like you guys were doing so well, and I felt like it was so unique. And then she just made all of the the typical dating reality show choices. Like I'm picking the person I find the hottest and I want to fuck was like basically what she did. Instead of, like, picking someone that she could actually build a life with. Oh, no. That's how I felt watching it. <laughs> that sucks. Because I saw, like, no I saw no personal connection between the two of them. And I always, like, feel like when I, when I get to the end of a season and that's what's... That, when it's clear they're going to pick the person, I'm like, I see no connection between the two of you. Um, it's so hard to keep watching. Like... Right. Uh, we actually turned it. We Jordan and I. He was like half-ass watching it. Like he'd watch it if I on accident didn't watch it while he was working on Fridays. He'd watch it with me on the weekend, and like he, even he was just like, I can't watch her say yes to this asshole. <laughs> and so we turned it off after she turned down the guy we liked. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really, I, and I feel like in romance novels are the same way. Like. Uh, the ones that I've gotten, I mean, I've started not finishing books, which is so unlike me, but it's, 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 I know, but it's when I hit a couple that's like that, when I'm like, I don't even see how you like each other. Like, and it, Thomas, are you really meowing right in front of the mic? <laughs> that so cute! Thomas. Baby boy. <laughs> Baby boy. He just licked the microphone. Oh, Get, sweet Will baby. you stop nuzzling? Go go find your sister and nuzzle her. Goodbye. Thank you. Go find a dog to lay by. Um, but yeah, I think that's the same thing, though. It's like, we love the show because there's like a reality, but it's like a pretty reality. But right. when it, as soon as, but we want to see like a little bit of that reality. Like, so I feel like the best couples that you see on reality shows are like the ones that are like, oh, they legitimately like each other. Even if it's shallow, like, you know. But, like, it can't be so shallow that it's just, like, I, I maybe the problem was I didn't think he liked her. Maybe that was part mm. of my problem. I didn't feel the same attraction from his side to her as I did from yeah. him. Uh, but, like, um, in, in books, if I don't feel, like, it's equal, I, like, can't finish it. I'm just, like, she doesn't deserve this. He does Or he doesn't deserve this. Oh, and I agree. Like, I, and I, so I've, I haven't finished a few books recently because of that. Or, like, I've taken books out of my libraries now because I'm just, like, I can't. I can't deal with you don't need that negativity thank you that's like what it is and like uh radish I deleted the radish app completely like I couldn't Whoa. even I didn't, I didn't even I didn't even on my phone because after those couple stories burned me but then what did they do they send me like a super discount well first they sent me a bunch of free coins and then they sent me a discount I was like well fine I'll read these shitty stories but because it's free there's no stake you know like yeah it's weird now I'm reading them with like I hope bad things happen which is like <laughs> Not the way you're probably supposed to read these books, but I th- I agree with you. I think I think we like also the predictability of a happily ever after. Like the we know the show is going to end with some semblance of happily for now, happily ever after for now. At least for one of the couples, like if if it's a but, show that the you know a handful of couples, you know at least one of those will get married, right? But we also like the idea that if there's a handful of couples, that there's going to be one couple that fucking self implodes. Yes, which like, is fun because we, we want to see it. Because we're we assholes. Have a, well, and I think just people in general, like, we just, we have a fascination with love and relationships. Like, even if you don't read romance, like, I feel like every person has a bit of a fascination with love and romance. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. You know, whether it's, oh, I am happily married and just want to watch these people make a fool of themselves and be so grateful I don't have to deal with dating anymore. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, oh, I'm single and I want love. So, like seeing other people find love in interesting ways like makes me feel like I have hope to find love myself or like whatever it might be mm-hmm. like I don't think there's any well I'm sure there's someone out there who's like oh fuck love but like I feel like the majority of people whether they admit it or not like they understand that want for companionship and relationships and love so it makes sense to me that 
it's a really popular genre of reality TV. Right. Plus yeah, the I, drama of it, yo. Well, and like in our own lives, I don't I don't want to be in a love triangle. Hell but, no. But do I want to see like a legitimate like person torn between two people? Yes, I do. Yes, I, yeah. I want. Yeah. And like the thing is the best love triangles to me, and I think this is also why that the one of the books on Radish I was reading is a love triangle. But it was so poorly executed. Like mm. there was no balance. It wasn't really clear why they why the two men even liked her. Like she was so unlikable to me that I was like, these two men would not be fighting for her. Like, when, you've got, like, a, when you've got like a beautiful balance of like three characters, like when you understand when the, when the writer gives them all flaws, and then gives them all like pieces, because no person's going to be exactly perfect for you. Like there's always going to be a piece that they're not that they can never fulfill. Like that's just like personalities are like that you know like that's why you right. have more friends that's why you have multiple friends right like there's different friends that give you different things like even yeah. my best friend can't give me all of the things i probably need right sure uh, and so like and my best friend and i are like pretty much soulmates so it's like that's me saying something but like i i love in the i love in a, a in a triangle when it's like very clear why the person's torn because you two people like fulfill different parts of them um yeah but I also saw one where the two people they were choosing between were so similar. <laughs> I was oh. like, oh, I, I, I get why this is happening. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it was really, the difference there was, like, history versus no history. Oh. <coughs> Which but I it's thought like was a really you're... unique thing. Yeah. But the, like, getting two different things, I mean, that's kind of like um, in your book, Celeste. Yeah. That's true. She's torn between two guys, and I mean, they both give her incredibly different things, and then you do yeah. have the history with one of them, also. Yeah, the past. and one <sighs> of them's the easier choice, obviously, even yeah. if it's not as deep of a love. That's the, th- and I think that's on the dating reality shows. The thing I like is when you can tell, like, oh, if they had met in real life, they probably would be a really solid couple. <laughs> Yeah, but because they met in these screwy situations, they're probably never going to work out. There's a piece of me that kind of uh, feels really bad for them, but also kind of loves the fact that we put ourselves in these weird situations where like, because like on The Bachelor, for me, I don't know if I met 30 people, I would know pretty quickly which five I probably would be most likely to like. And then pretty quickly uh, within like a week or two, I'd probably know which one I like the best. You know what I mean? Like there would never be. I wouldn't have an op- I don't think as humans it's easy to have an open mind about 30 people. <laughs> like that's not I don't think that's a thing. Uh and I think we do it because it's funny for the show or whatever, but right. And I mean and pretty quickly then day one they cut it down to like what? Like 12 least, or something like that. Yeah. Like, well, they was, almost half it. But like if you always see on the show you know which ones are not pop. You know the, you know which ones are staying for the producers and which ones are staying yes. because the person actually likes them. Yes. And I think that's that's the part of those shows I love, which is like seeing through the the production value or whatever, but also like just actually like I enjoy seeing people in, really like each other, which is like on Love Island, uh, which is a, it is a UK dating show, which I, we have a season in the US, but it's not as good. But there is a season of Love Island with a a woman named Amber, and she gets. Oh, it's awful to watch. But Amber and Michael are paired together. So Amber, Michael chases Amber for like episodes, right? Like you watch him and she's, <laughs> and she's not really sold on him because he's kind of a fuck boy. He looks like a fuck boy. And she even says at one point, I think she's the one that says it. You look like the kind of guy that would ruin my life. She even like says that to him. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Cause I mean, he does. He's got like neck tats. He like, he's a good looking guy, but he's like, there's like an arrogance about him that is like clearly like, oh, He's probably not going to put you first. <laughs> um, and so they're they're getting on fine, but she's a very strong-willed person. And she's very much like, this is how I feel about it. And if you don't like it, you can go, you can go fuck yourself. Um, and it's fine until s- they do like this. They do a challenge on Love Island where like they tell them what people are tweeting about them. Oh. So they get, to f- they get to find out what social media is saying about them. And this always ends with couples breaking up and getting in fights because it's always like the men are always said that they're like pussy whipped and the women are always like told that they're like frigid or they're faking it. Right. And so the, the couples always fight. Well, he got that he was whipped by Amber, like that she wore the pants in the relationship. 
And he acted like it was no big deal. And like even like even like agreed with it. And was like, yeah, well, anything to make my girl happy. But then after that, he was such a prick. Like for <sighs> and so he's a prick. And then they go into this thing called Casa Amor. So they separate the men from the women and bring in six new guys and six new girls. And like basically by the end of that week or a few days, you get to choose whether you want to pick someone new or stay with your person. Okay. So it's like a trust exercise, basically. Like, do you trust your partner not to try to, to find the next thing? Uh, so Amber, uh, spoilers. Uh, this is from like three years ago. So whatever. Uh, Amber comes back and Michael has chosen someone else. <gasps> what a jerk. And it's like, and the thing is, she did not choose someone else. And the whole time she like, she had like a gut, like she had a feeling that he was going to do this because he was acting so weird before she left for Casa Moore. And the whole time he was at Casa Moore, all they did was talk about how negative she was and how she was, like, so immature. They kept on calling, calling her childish and all this because she would, like, tell him basically she didn't like something when he did it. I don't know. Gotcha. When you watch it, you're just like, she's not childish, you are. Uh, so then the rest <laughs> of the season, the rest of the season, so this new girl is there and her and Michael, all they do is talk about Amber, right? And Amber is, like, it's just trying to, like, make it through. And then a new guy comes in. Oh, and then, so then they do, they do vote offs every week. It's that kind of a show. And okay. uh, Michael and the new girl get put up for elimination after a couple weeks. But only so is one it of kind them, of in that way? Is it kind of sort of like Bachelor in Paradise? Exactly like Bachelor in Paradise. They ripped it off basically. Okay. You like they just don't watch Love Island. It's on Hulu. Like se- there's like seven seasons on Hulu. No, I guess the difference would be like they're all new people or it's Bachelor in Paradise. Like it's people you've seen on the Bachelor and Bachelorette before. So you're like, oh, familiar faces. Yes. It's a lot more like um uh the the hotel one. Uh, Paradise Hotel. Yes, it's more like that. So Paradise Hotel. It was, <sighs> see, here's the problem is Love Island UK has a magic about it. Like seriously, if you watch the first season, you get why it's been on for seven seasons now. Um but there's a magic to it that they keep trying to replicate and they haven't hit it yet. They haven't found. And I don't know if it's because like the way the UK is. I don't know if it's because they get like influencers from the UK to be on the show. And like, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is about the show. Cause I've watched, we watched the Australia version and it was a little more boring than the UK version. Uh, the US version of Love Island wasn't as good either. I mean, it was fine, but it wasn't like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It just, it's got a different feel. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if we could get Bobby Ray to be on this podcast. Oh, that'd be great. I'm hanging out with Haley tonight. <laughs> ask about it, because man, I tell you what, I would love to just tell him how great, how good I felt in that moment. Oh my god! Like I, when he dropped that ball. Oh ugh. my god! I cheered. I cheered so loud. I cheered too. I was invited to the watch party with the family, but I couldn't go. Oh. <laughs> No, that was great. I'm so I was so happy for him because like from minute one, it was very apparent he was going to win. To to me, he was very apparent he was going to win. He was the smartest person out of all those people, and I was just like, "There's no way he doesn't win this." Because like, he's smart, he's hot, he was yeah. very friendly to everybody. Yeah. He just like made besties with everybody, which well, really that's, the, that's a tactic, you know? Yeah, man, I I could talk I could talk dating reality show tactics all day. I've watched so many of them. This is like my jam. That's just also why. I've got a, a very, very vague, vague, like, paragraph idea for a book that's going to center around a dating reality show. Because I was I watching it. X I was watching X on the Beach, which is another great one. It's basically all people from MTV shows. Some Bachelor. <laughs> but it's, like, MTV dating shows or, like, also, like, other contest shows. Like, uh, The Challenge and, like, Real World Road Rules and those shows. Also, uh, Adore... From RuPaul's Drag Race was oh. on it. Yeah. So, uh, any who's. Uh, so, you go on. You go. The first season is the only time I think that they're actually surprised. Where they go. They think they're on, like, a dating show. And then they find out their exes are going to start showing up. Uh, and so, you basically either decide to, like, are you going to try to rekindle with your ex? Or are you going to, like, move on to the next? And uh, other people start dating your ex, though, in front of you. <laughs> so oh, shit. Like, oh, girl. Girl. X on the beach. If I don't know what it's streaming on, but if you can find it, watch it. It's addicting. Um, but I was watching that and I was like, damn, you know, it'd be great doing, doing a show like that, like, or doing a book like that, like basically have a character that you really like and drop them in a world where like their ex is asking them to come on a show to either like rekindle or possibly like to prove to their new person that they don't want the ex anymore. Cause those exist too. 
They have that show. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of shows, but I think I think that the core of it is like the same thing as romance, though. It's just we like we like understanding the formula. Yes. So that's comforting. It's like they're talking about how people with anxiety, which I think is everybody these days, watch rewatch movies and TV shows because we know what's going to happen. Romance mm, novels mm-hmm. are the same thing. But I will say the romance novels that stick with you and you remember are the ones that kind of subvert it. Like, yeah, for sure. Like, and I, I think, think that Christina's I think that's the same that for sure. Like, yeah. Christina's like the happy ending. It really like the way she she paced it perfectly, but it definitely wasn't in your traditional beats like just thinking about the end of that book like yeah i'm not no spoilers obviously but it's paced differently and that but we still it's still happily ever after you know what i mean like but but we got a little but it she messed with us a little bit like oh am i which of course she is but it's like a horror movie like we want we want to be scared for a minute that like (laughs) our couple's not gonna make it yeah Yeah. for sure but then it last minute well, and so uh, this is, I mean, this is an article from Good Housekeeping. So I guess grain of salt with that. I don't know how replicable Good, good Housekeeping is. Mm-hmm. But they have um, an article of experts explain why we love reality dating shows, even though we know they're fake. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things, I mean, of course, it talks about like escapism and bringing us closer as a community because like we do things like this where we're like, oh, my God, did you watch the episode last night and like talk about it and all that type of stuff? Um, and, but it, it, one of the things is these shows turn us on and it's saying that we get invested in these shows, characters and affected by what actually happens on screen. Um, but there's possibility that these shows might also activate the brain systems related, relating to sex drive, romantic love and attachment. For instance, when we watch a suitor finally tell someone he's dating that he loves her, we might experience a surge in dopamine, uh, which is related to romantic love and elation. When we see a couple make out passionately, our bodies might release t- t- testosterone, that hormone connected to the, the sex drive. And when we see couples cuddling on the screen, our bodies likely release ox- oxytocin? Ox- oxytocin. A tox- I won't- <laughs> is it oxytocin? Yeah, thank you. Oxytocin. That's a that's a once in a lifetime situation where I can pronounce something Liz can't. So, <laughs> uh, which is associated with attachment. So it's like we see these things happening on screen and have chemical reactions to what we're watching. So it, it makes us feel good, which I think is part of the reason why. Like, I feel more. I mean, you and I always watch these types of things, but I feel like yeah. they're becoming so popular on social media, like even more so. And on Netflix is making their own. Hulu has a bunch of them. Is because, especially right now during pandemic, it's great seeing other people falling in love and communicating and doing cool things that we don't get to do right now. So, like, we get to feel those feelings along with them, even Mm -hmm. though we know it's not real. (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, that's it. Also, like, the dream dates and stuff. Oh, God. I just like all of it. Like, oh, yes, please, whiff me, like, take me away on a helicopter to this island with all these beautiful things happening. And yes, please, let's go to this fancy-ass restaurant and have delicious cocktails. And oh, there's a live band that's really famous. That's cool. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Here's this. Yeah, exactly. That's, I I also, there's, like, a part of it that we like the ridiculousness of it, too. Like, the, the pageantry. Yes. I don't know. All of it's just good. I love but a dating it, reality show. I love a dating reality show. I, I do watch too. the worst of them. I will watch your low budget. I have a friend that was talking about she watches one on a uh, freaking Instagram. What? There's like web there's like web shows on Instagram. That's fascinating to think about. Yeah, I know. I, I haven't really dived into it yet, but she was talking about it and she's like, There's this one where this girl she goes on two dates and then decides if she's going to go on another with the guy and it's not but it's not like then that guy's her boyfriend then the next episode she goes on two dates and one of the guys might be a recurring guy or it could be two new guys and that's just the show it's her going on dates and i'm like that's great is it literally just her life and this is how she like i don't know how much of it's like her life versus like she sets it up but yeah basically okay now i want to write that fucking book right (laughs) yeah so like i don't know i Reality shows, 
I think because of also like the way social media just exists and is, we already like live in a false bubble anyway. So like we're yeah. thinking at least just why not? <laughs> yeah. It's why like and you not? know half the people that sign up to be on like the big flashy ones. I'm talking like Love Island and Paradise mm-hmm. Hotel and Bachelor especially. You yeah. know, they typically are people who are trying to become social media influencers or have something that this will just propel their popularity even more so it's like you it's like the whole batch like are you here for the right reasons are you just here to like make a name for yourself which is a fascinating aspect of like having to navigate that versus though i feel like the majority of the people that are in things like 90 day fiance it's it almost feels more real like it's less of like the pageant because like oh like especially in like before the 90 days i'm an american who's traveling to like a lot of the times it's kind of a not great area of some country and you're like okay well (laughs) that person who you say you love I think is just using you to get out of their shitty situation but that's a different situation like that's different Mm -hmm. but it's just fascinating seeing people who can't necessarily communicate properly because they have different language barriers um and they're not going on fancy ass dates because it's like oh, I spent my 401k in order to travel here so I can try to woo you. Like, right. <laughs> they're not, like, crazy well-off people, which almost makes it feel more realistic. Uh, well, that's, I think, I think there's also, like, the level of, like, I don't know, maybe it's because I watch these shows from my own perspective, but I think the Americans always look like shit on that show. Like, I feel like they always go to these places where they complain about the conditions and it's like, what do you expect? And then <laughs> on top of that, they're treating their fiance or soon to be fiance as like a commodity that can be purchased. And so when the person doesn't act the way that they want them to, they uh, throw a fucking fit. Like that, <laughs> like that big Ed guy. And uh, I don't oh, think I've he- gotten there. Oh my God. It's like the most recent before the 90 day season. Uh, she basically was very upfront. It's, it was clear that she, I know there was like one season also where the the woman and, and she eventually comes over and the, uh, during their tell all they ask, "Do you do you love him?" And he, she said, "No." Uh, she was from like Russia or something, and she's like, "How could I love him? I haven't known him." And it was like the most real answer ever. They're still married, by the way. I looked them up. Uh, oh my god! But like, but like for me, it's like the Americans always look like assholes. Like it's, it's always. They don't understand why this person's sad when they come to America and are alone. They, like, don't understand any of this stuff. And so maybe I'm watching it, but I agree with you. I think it's more realistic. And I think part of it's because they're not afraid to be ugly. Yeah. There's a lot of ugliness. There's a lot of ugliness. And it's honestly, most of the time, it's the American being ugly. Or the American purposefully misunderstanding what's happening or willfully ignoring the cues that this person does not love them. And then blaming them on the backside. Like, those old women, those those old women with those young men yeah i'm sorry those those men aren't even really putting on a good act like that's willful ignorance and for me it's like if they make if those guys make it over here they deserve their fucking green card like they had to put up with those women yeah i'm the the, see i'm on season two right now and so like it's um angela who's like 52 she goes to nigeria for michael she's the fucking worst you know she beats him like there's no way She's so violent and mean. Ugh. But also, like, he's not even acting like he likes her all that well. So I'm like, what? Can yeah. you guys just cut your losses? Can you just go home, Angela? Like, go yeah. home. But, but she but... likes controlling him. Yeah. That's the thing. And so, like, we, I feel like some people watch the show and are like, oh, that poor woman or that poor man. But it's like, no, they enjoy controlling this person who they have more resources than. And so, I don't know. I feel like when you frame watching the show that way. I always am like, I hope they get, I hope they get it stuck to them. Cause like, how dare you treat, cause they, they always go over to these countries and like, don't respect the customs there. Like yeah. there was this one season where she was in uh, Morocco and she kept trying to like kiss him and hug him. And he's like, you cannot kiss on the street. Like he kept saying it like you cannot. And then she was acting like he was purposefully hurting her feelings. He's like you are going to get me in trouble. Like this is not just me being modest it's like this is actually fucking the law right and and like that's that's the part for me i'm just like that's how i'm like okay i might have had some sympathy for you but you're being outrageous right now like now i was the only thing the the only one so far that i hate 
the international person more than the actual American is uh, Jesse from the Netherlands from Amsterdam. Oh, because, just give it time. Just give it time. I mean, I hate both of them, but he is like, and I don't know. Again, I don't know how much it's the producers making him just look like crazy, like even crazier than Darcy. But uh-huh. like, he just like starts screaming at her. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, he's, yeah, Darcy's the only one that I think I, weird, and I don't want to like her, but I have all the sympathy for her. Yes, yes, you yeah. are, yes. I'm saying Darcy, that, like. Darcy, yes. She, like, Jesus Christ. But, like. He's uh, insane. He's insane. <laughs> it gets, it seriously, it gets, like, right now, you're like, oh, maybe it's the producers. It gets worse somehow. Yeah. So, get excited. It's It's oh. a mess. And then the next guy, the next guy is even worse than him. I feel oh yeah, like. I, I accidentally spoiled myself that I see that she ends up with a different guy, which also doesn't work out. <laughs> her, her and her sister, her and her sister are gonna have their own show starting in August. Well, so back in the day, like they, she tried to be a reality star called like the Twins or something like yep. that, like forever and ever ago before she was ever on Ninety Day Fiance. So she is yep. one of those people that I'm like, okay, you are just doing this shit because you want to be a reality TV star. Yeah, and so like now they're gonna have her and Stacy both have they are having a show together. Oh my god, on TLC. Called, yeah, called Darcy and Stacy, and it's gonna be about their love, their their chasing love. Oh my god, girls, just get over like date like normal forty five year olds. Come on. Oh, that's not fun. <laughs> of course this twenty five year old's in love with me. What do you mean? What do you what do you even mean? Honestly, if a twenty five year old told me a thirty two year old that he was in love with me, I wouldn't believe it. So <laughs> I wish I had half of the confidence of these women on this show. Like Lord Almighty. And I'm not saying like you can't I'm not saying older women don't deserve hotties or anything like that. I'm saying, based on the behaviors of these people, <laughs> how right. do you still hold on to the idea that they lo- they love you? It's wild. Well, yeah. So, final thoughts. Um, I love reality TV, or I I love <laughs> dating reality TV. I don't really do a whole lot of other real. Oh, well, I guess cooking competitions. That's reality TV, also. But mm-hmm. I don't do many reality tv shows other than the dating and romance related ones and i feel like it gives me a lot of the same feels that reading romance novels give me yeah i am i'm a consumer of all reality shows i get my hands on i like family ones Uh, i'm watching one called smothered right now about fucked up mother-daughter relationships where they're too close oh Uh, shit it hits different it's on TLC. It hits different. It's so good. Uh, TLC like, has the weirdest shows. They want they 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 know what people like. It's like tragedy porn. It's awful. I shouldn't like it, but there's like parts of me that just love it. Uh, but yeah, I I love a dating reality show. Um, I get too invested, and I sometimes have to take breaks. And my husband thinks I'm a nut because of like how I will talk about the show like it's real. Like I'll like talk about these people like I know them, and he'll be like, "You gotta let this go," which is also like why. Like with the radish app, it's the same thing. He's like, you have to let this go. So, um, <laughs> good times. But yeah, do you have a, a pickup line? I am trying to find one right now. Nice. That's something they don't really utilize too much on those reality shows. Yeah. Um... I like to do a pickup line that like fits the the genre, but. That's hard to find. Uh, Let's see. We found a hole in the internet. (laughs) Oh, jeez. I think this one um, works better if it's visually seen, but are you Emily Dickinson? Because I think you're quite dashing. Because <laughs> it has like, <laughs> and it's written the way that she writes her poetry. And yeah. It's very, it's very cute. That's, that's great. That's very cute. <laughs> that would like get you so much play. <laughs> Precious. I love it. 
You're like, are you trying to tell me that I'm antisocial and live in like an attic or what? Didn't she? Like, she was very. Yeah, like, no, she she saved all of her like romantic stuff for writing. She like lived a very. She was like a hermit. Yeah. Good That's on Lee awesome. Dickinson. That was a good one. All right. <sighs> well, well, I hope uh, you have a good rest of your week. Yeah, you too. And yeah, everybody will be back in two weeks with another episode of Dick of the Week. Topic yeah. to be determined. <laughs> Because that's how we roll during quarantine and just in general in life. (laughs) Uh, Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening. We would love to hear from you. So contact us at lnlsmutcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at lnlsmutcast. Find episodes of this and other great shows at calamitycast.com or wherever you find your podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Dick of the Week. This has been a Calamity Cast production. For more content, visit calamitycast.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.